Hey, Craig. Hi, Christina. In this episode, we'll be discussing episode two of House of the Dragon and episode two of She-Hulk. We'll also find out who Christina's least favorite Batman is. How was that title sequence for House of the Dragon? Initially, when I saw it, I didn't 100% appreciate it, I guess. I didn't, I thought it was cool, but when I did a little bit of research on what the blood signified and all the little pieces coming up, um, I appreciate it a lot more. So basically what I read was, you know, how it shows the blood cascading over all these different little pop-ups. So basically it starts off with, it's basically just a big Targaryen tree, like family tree. So it starts off with Aegon the Conqueror, his sister wives, the blood cascading. And if the blood fills up the, the little circle thing, it means they died, obviously. You know, this is Generations. And I thought that was really cool. It led up all the way to Rhaenyra. And so I thought that I appreciated more once I once I learned that. <laughs> but initially I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I I like that they kept the opening song, right? I saw some people talking about how they thought that, you know, maybe it was a little lazy, but you know, we watch a lot of anime and if it's a banger then it goes on seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the story ties, I mean, it is Game of Thrones as far as like, you know, the whole, um, or the universe, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it makes sense for me. Yeah, I didn't understand fully the significance of the houses, but I saw it, like I was seeing like each thing was a little different. And then the blood and it's the the book is called Fire and Blood. So it was very, it was cool. I, I liked it. It's, you know, I, I'm wondering now that we got the news that season two is going to happen, if the opening will change at all, like how it did in Game of Thrones. I'm sure it will. Maybe. I would think. Yeah. So it was pretty cool <coughs> to see all that. Maybe like a slight difference. Minor differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. It was very quick. I'm I, I'm glad that the first episode didn't have it. That way, you know, it, it kind of saved a little bit of surprise for episode two. Yeah, for sure. So now that we have all had the chance to see episode two, I'm pretty sure we all read a lot of articles. I, I'm trying to stay away from it a little bit because I don't want to see anything like um, spoilers right because it is a book the good thing is a lot of the places if you do start to read it'll say you know spoilers ahead and so if that happens I, I skip but um I like how episode really one episode one really showed a lot of the seeds and you can see it in episode two everything growing so for me you know, seeing all the seeds sown with Allison really, really paid off. Um, 
you know, in the beginning, we also learned that it's been six months since her mother passed. And so everyone's trying to, you know, get a seat at the house. We need an heir. We need to build up the family. And everyone's trying to take control. Yeah, and clearly you can tell that they were not happy with Viserys announcing Rhaenyra as his heir. If anything, that that made his hand like kind of work in overdrive, right? Really pushing his daughter to get into the king's good graces. Corliss even put his daughter in the hat as well, right? To try and solidify his place and his family's place. Um, so yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, it's also interesting how you know you see the king getting injured by his own throne and his wounds are starting to fester, kind of sim- symbolizing or signifying that you know the throne doesn't even want him you know like he's rotting he, he rotting but like he's being rejected kind of like the throne's rejecting him that's why it's you know his 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 wounds aren't healing um i don't think it mentions in the book what exactly if like if you know what what's happening it's just that he's getting these wounds from the throne right so yeah know. it's funny it was you know, it was just a cut, right? And his flesh is rotting now. And it was like um, the good place. I was watching the good place. And when they were talking about how they're dying, this guy was like, yeah, I died in like something BC. Yeah, I just got a cut and I'm dead. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't have medicine, you know, diff- different things like that. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of see it like that too. Like, you know, any kind of wound is just a cut, a nick. But look at his finger already, and I was, I didn't, I was thinking like, his wound on his back was grayscale, but it's not. But we did see some grayscale at the end of episode two. Where? On Crab House, Crabass, Crab House, what? However, his name is. Presented. Was that grayscale or just those bodies rotting? No, the 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 villain. It looks like the guy, the guy who's taking over the bay. But we can save that talk for a little later down oh, in this. Okay. But that was grayscale. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. But, okay. I Maybe I didn't take a, a good enough look at him. But that, because, I don't know. That seems, I don't know. No. Um. <coughs> well, <laughs> it was, yeah, we got to see a lot of little girls get pimped out. <laughs> yeah. Poor Raina. Yeah. I mean, what are my options? A 12 year old or a 15 year old? I guess. Yeah. I guess I'm going to go with the 15 year old. Yeah. And, and I don't even think it was that. Like, <laughs> I, you know, he has whispers in his ear. Right. So, you know, this is six months in. Mm-hmm. Right. But right after his wife died, Allison was there. So I don't know the other girl's name, Carlos's daughter. Reina. Reina. That's six months after. So although he understands the uh, political importance of those two houses or merging that, he's already had six months of conversation and, um, you know, learning this person. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think also the fact that Reina was so young, 
he wouldn't be able to even create an heir, right, for a couple years. And he's probably thinking, you know, Allison's older. I know her more, right? She'll was one year. No, she was. She was 13, and no, she said, no, I want no, to. No, no, They said she was 12. Two years. So she would have had to wait two years, right? To, versus to, right away. Versus right away. And I think maybe he was a little, had some anxiety about that. So I was like, you know what? I don't know. No, I don't think so. But it would have politically strengthened, the, I would think, the Targaryen family um, for sure. But I think he's so worried about his legacy and Allison's like convenience, right? Um, I think that's what drove him to that decision. And for sure, Rhaenyra was quite upset about it. I would be too if I found out if I found out that my best friend was gonna marry my dad. <laughs> I would. I would be pissed. Yeah, she, she looked. She was very busy. Very upset. shady. Well, I think she was upset too. It's not that like, okay, my best friend's marrying my dad, but you've been obviously meeting with him for quite some time for for that proposition to be there as well as for him to choose you, right? And she had that opportunity when they were praying, right? So yeah. it is it is shady too, but also you know, hey, you know, I thought we we're besties. Mm-hmm. Why why haven't you said something? Yeah, Allison's not stupid. Uh, I mean, she she for sure, I mean, obviously her dad is kind of like directing her into things, right? And he's probably whispering or telling her stuff, but she she's thinking about herself also, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, so I think it was a little after that, they find out that the the dragon egg was stolen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, it was it was cool. You know, I had thought like, oh, maybe he's not gonna be in that episode as much. But Damon, you know, he's in there, and um, you know, getting to learn about. Um, you know, the, the traditions, like, they're you know, about how the dragons are placed in the crib and things like that. So it was very interesting to learn that he also took his, would it be his nephew? Yeah, his nephew's dragon. He picked that egg specifically. The one that Rhaenyra picked out for Balon, for her brother, her future brother. I don't know if Daemon did that intentionally or he just went for the first egg that was available It'd be kind of sadistic if it was, if he did do that, maybe he did it just to get a rise out of the king or that attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but Damon's very clearly led by emotion. Um, and um, greed to a certain extent, right? I mean, he, he just wants his brother to see him in a, you know, in a respectful way and him being banished to dragonstone for sure didn't help that um and then him saying oh well i'm going to continue our targaryen tradition with my new wife who is gonna be with child or is with child and he and <laughs> and mar i think her name is Masaria. i think that's her name um his mistress, mistress. his mistress um she wasn't 
too keen on that <laughs> about getting married or about having kids, which we find out later. Um, but like, yeah, like say what you will about Matt Smith. He for sure has presence. He was in this episode, like maybe 10 minutes of that. And that was one of the fi- my most favorite sequence was that whole interaction with him and the egg, him and, da- him and Rhaenyra having their conversation, right? And yeah. her basically telling him to to buck up and, you know, do what's right. Well, I think right there, because to going back for a second before that scene, like like you were saying, he wants to be noticed, um, and he feels like okay, his spot's been stolen. That um, he very much cares about his family as well. So you see it in um, the the little I don't know what you call it, the excerpts at the end of the episode, like inside the episode, where Matt Smith talks about how. He really thinks that, you know, they're really brothers. You know, they, they love each other. And I can see that when, if you, from the outside perspective, like we're watching it, he, um, all these things that are happening, the infighting from the family, it's all like the whispers in the ear. You know, obviously he talked about the death of his nephew at the, um, the whorehouse, mm-hmm. right? But that was immediately taken to the to the king, right? Which I'm pretty sure it would anyway. But there's always how you intend the message, right? And how the person receives it. They deliberately cut that part for us. We didn't see how he delivered the message. Um, yeah. And because I think in the book, since it's written from a a person. Um, the way that Fire and Blood was written, um, it was it wasn't like Game of Thrones or his other books. It's, it it was written slightly different. It was basically written by a maester recounting f- um, events that Second happened. Second and third hand accounts, probably. Yeah, uh, events that happened hundreds and hundreds of years beforehand. So yeah. even in the book, it's like he said, she said type of thing. Yeah. So Damon could have. We don't know the context, and I like how. Um, in the show, the showrunners or the directors or whatever deliberately cut that out to make us think, make up. We make the decision right on how that conversation or how that speech went. Mm-hmm. You know, how did Damon say it? Hightower, of course, is going to spin it in his favor, and um, for sure, Viserys, the king. Um. He really thinks highly of his hand and is going to believe whatever he says for whatever reason. Yeah. And my, well, my point though is where I'm getting at is that he loves his family. No, oh, yeah. For and sure. all these things are whispers in the ear. And so he's doing what he thinks is right, even though um, his methods are. Lo- yeah, the methods are wrong. And yeah. Basically, when they meet on the bridge, is like buck up. It's really cool. You get to see two dragons because he does have a dragon. Yeah, correct. And, and to think that okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go and you know get this egg back with no dragon. And it's funny because you know um, the father 
Mr. Hightower. I forget the guy's name. Otto. So yeah, Otto, the hand. He's he's like, okay, let's get a group of people, the Kingsguard. Um, what's there, right? From from the ones that that weren't didn't leave with Damon, and he's taken this next night that Rhaenyra chose because he's like, you know, the person that's going to protect my dad, who's going to have combat experience. They're all turning knights, and one actually does, right? And so they go, but how many? How how would you expect? Against like possible army and a dragon. I don't know what the thought process was for the hand. I don't know what he was, what he felt he was going to accomplish. He might have thought he could, I don't know how he thought he could intimidate Daemon. Um, Even if Daemon didn't have a dragon, he hadn't, he has his gold cloaks, right? Which are ex, who are, you know, his. Urukai, right? So it's like his special little, his special group, his special. Um, For those of you that know Urukai, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, <laughs> just an FYI. Um, experienced soldiers who are ruthless, right? Um, and so I think they would have had difficulty, great difficulty. So I don't know what his thought process was at all. Maybe he thought he didn't have his dragon. I have no idea. Um, but that was really kind of maybe the hand trying to prove to the king. I don't know. Like maybe he knew he was going to pass. I don't know. I don't think he would have survived. He for sure would not have survived if Rhaenyra didn't come out None with of her dragon. Would've. Yeah. I bet in his mind, he probably sounded like this. I've come to take the dragon. <laughs> you know, but they probably would have been burning on fire. Like, help me, help me. <laughs> I've come for the child. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure of his thought process. Even the, the night Rhaenyra picked, he seemed kind of like, it seemed like a, a hopeless, endeavor. Even like on the look of his face, I noticed he's just kind of like, there's no way. I mean, <laughs> you can. Especially in that point in time, you know, they took over the land. You know how powerful this creature is like what do you expect i mean look what happened in game of thrones they had three nothing no one was prepared Mm -hmm. they had to have that um the macers build the the ballista or whatever right that's the only way they can combat the dragon maybe otto was thinking you know he i'm gonna go there demand this egg back and you know daemon knows that they have dragons so eventually they would come come and take what's theirs right but they're doing the diplomatic thing i don't know like i don't that's a head scratcher for me but what what i like also is you know the relationship i don't want to say like but the relationship between daemon and rhaenyra is very you know like like you said he loves his family but not once i get the impression was he jealous of her you know that she's gonna be. She was named heir, but I don't think he t- he. It doesn't seem like he's taking that out on her or anything, which I like because he could have. He for sure could have. I think he. I think he feels and knows that she will never be queen, because she's a woman, and he's never gonna be seen in a good light with his brother. So it's kind of like they're both in the same boat type of thing. Yeah, 
So it was a cool, um, you know, cool way to, to show the dragons again and have her save the day. So like yeah. she is which, something to which be reckoned scared, with. Which scared the hand for sure. I yeah. Think. He's well, she, like, oh crap, she can take care of herself and she can push comes to shove. She can defend her dad, defend her her world because she's not afraid. She's fearless almost. Yeah, and, and we kind of we skipped it a little bit, but the whole scene when I think it was before it was it was before um the king decides to take Allison as as uh, a wife. Um, it's been we're six months in, so Rhaenyra has been heir, chosen heir, for six months, and she's still the king's cup girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think by her really saving, like you know, by saving the day, it yeah scared the shit out of Otto. And then, like, all of her ideas, her choices, like, she's smart. She's been the cup girl. She, in my mind, right? She's been the cup girl. She's listening in on the meetings. The cup girl. Yeah. She knows <laughs> She knows what's up. She is paying attention. She's smart. She's learning. But even with doing that, you know, she comes home, right? And how does a dad thank her, right? He gets on to her saying, what are you thinking? You know, that was so reckless. That was so irresponsible. You know, like even with her doing that and basically preventing a lot of bloodshed, she still really wasn't seen as a, as an heir, right. It, or in a good light. Um, and then that's when they have the serious talk, like he has to find a wife, mm-hmm. you know, and she, and, and to try and to try and get more, get a male heir because I mean, he, he wants to, he doesn't want that life for her, I don't think. And she said in the beginning of episode one, right, she doesn't want to be queen, really. But I think she kind of wants to now, but then at the same time doesn't. I don't know. Like, I feel like she's getting a little taste. And she's, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see where it's going. And then towards the end, it's cool because we get to see since the choice to make Allison the wife Cora's probably felt, I wouldn't oh, say betrayed, he's, no, he's but he's pissed. pissed. He is pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like not betrayed, he's pissed. Like he this is. is the right choice. I mean, this makes sense. Strong houses. I mean, your cousin is is my wife. I'm of, of He's a wealthy, wealthy master Valerian, of ships. Like he, you know, from Valyria, mm-hmm. right? So it just makes sense. And so he's pissed. Mm-hmm. And he has also a problem to deal with. And then, so this is where, you know, we get to see him and probably this would be more schism with the family, you know, contacts Damon and, and he's probably going to request or pay him. I forget how it was going to take care of this problem, mm-hmm. which we'll find out more on the, on the next episode in the season. It's something crab house, crab house, something like that. But I'm, I'm telling you, he has. He has some grayscale. Definitely okay. looks like okay. grayscale. We'll, we'll okay. wait and see. That was my eyes. Already. Could be wrong. He looked freaky. I know that. And he, he's for sure causing causing some. some yeah, he had a mask, him. but it looked like he had. He, he's it not, could be barnacles or something. I don't know. Like It, it made me think yeah. of like Pirates of the Caribbean type of look. Um, but yeah, Corliss is not happy. And, you know, um, 
every suggestion, every ask that he's had of the king has always been like turned down or dismissed. And that's for sure fueling. Now he's, I don't want to say he's desperate, but now he's going to Daemon, who is a little bit unstable, and riling him up to be like, hey, do this for me. Let's make an alliance. You know, the start of an alliance. Yeah. So we'll get to see all the, the fruit that bears from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for Sunday. <laughs> yep. Sunday's back to your Sunday shows, right? Sunday's mm-hmm. on HBO. Mm-hmm. I think it was also in um, I Love You, Man. He's like, have you never seen su- uh, Sunday nights on HBO? It's magical. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I don't remember that You part. don't remember the movie. It was okay. I, so, uh, She-Hulk, episode two. She-Hulk. It was uh, a little... Uh, a little better than the first um, or building on, right? Um, I, I think going forward, we may discuss She-Hulk episodes every other episode um, to do two at once since it's a 30-minute show or we'll just, you know, have brief conversations because, um, I mean, you could definitely talk for a while for a 30-minute show, but there's only so much we can expand upon. So um, I liked how it continued directly after the first episode. Mm-hmm. Quick quick overview of the episode. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Picks up directly after Jen's jobless. She's looking for a job. She gets the opportunity, a job opportunity with a big lawyer, uh, GLK&H, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And there's a caveat. Yeah, she has to be in She-Hulk form, and she oh. has to be she has she's running the superhero division, mm-hmm. so, and she has to be in She-Hulk at all times. Yeah, or That's, she doesn't have the job. Yeah, which is whatever. And <laughs> yeah, and then part of that is she has to take on her first client right away, mm-hmm. which is Abomination Emil Blonsky, and this comes as a a little bit of a conflict for her at first. Yeah. But money talks and it's also her choice. She does call Hulk Bruce Banner, right? Her cousin, Mm -hmm. he answers and he's totally cool with it. And they even make fun of it. Like, yeah, I was a different person back then. (laughs) You know, yeah, I was a different actor back then. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, you know, he has to go. He's on the Sakaran ship. And he's in space. So World World War Hulk, we'll see. I hope so. That'd be fun. Yeah, I I, I think a, a solo Hulk film will be good. I think it'll be um, funny and a lot of action. I know lately we haven't had a lot of action from the Hulk. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like that they don't want us to give it to it. But we don't have, you know marvel's mcu full plan of everything they're not going to release everything all at once yeah i think it would be very dumb not to have a hulk solo movie i think it's time yeah i think it was just rights and other things um and then basically after that you know she accepts and her boss is like turn on the tv and then we get the scene from shang chi where abomination is is fighting wong yeah so it was a fun episode. Um, I think, you know, definitely more to come from the show. 
Um, like I said, not a lot of action, more comedy. I know you're chuckling a lot, even though you say you're not, but I'll I record you. once in, like, not, you're saying a lot. It's really not a lot. It's, it's like okay. I'll record you and you'll hear it. But yeah, no. I'm, I'm laughing, like, on the inside. It is, <laughs> it is yeah. funny. It's for, an internal It's laugh. funny for me, but yeah, for me, I think, uh, my humor is a little different, but, um, it, it's, it's, uh. It's watchworthy, but it's not like I have to go see it now worthy. You know, you, you can let it build up and watch all it all at once. Yeah. The, yeah. I think the only thing is I think it's hard to stay away from spoilers nowadays. So like even with Game of Thrones, like I feel like I have to watch it that night or the very next day or else something's going to happen like, oh, this is going to happen, you know. You're going to see a spoiler anywhere. Yeah, for sure. I see a lot of ga- um, House of the Dragon spoilers, but I don't really see a lot of She-Hulk spoilers on my feed. Maybe it's just what stuff I like and it tailors it to that. But yeah, the second episode was a little bit better. Um, it's watchable. It's just not my... I don't know. I, 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 don't, I can't put my finger on it. It just seems like they're really trying to highlight like men are the devil, <laughs> kind of. Like a lot of mansplaining when I feel like... Uh, there was a lot less on episode two. Yeah, there was a lot. There was there was a lot. It's less funny coming from you. I don't think on you episode have episode two. So the male perspective here, I don't think it was that bad. I watch my shows just to watch them and consume them. I don't want to. I do that too. That's and I'm just letting you know that's what I noticed. That's what I'm. That's what I saw or felt when I watched it. Like I said, it's watchable. I you know it's not terrible or anything, but you know. It's something I do on Thursday nights, <laughs> which leads us to episode three. <laughs> yep. Uh, I see a lot of surprise cameos in episode three, so we'll have to, you know, wait for the next episode to talk about that. And then I know, you know, this past weekend we watched four Batman. <laughs> four Batmans. Four movies. Batman movies. Yeah, because we want to have a, a dedicated Batman episode. Um, I guess we could talk about Batman and Batman Returns a little bit right now. We can start like just weaving the episodes in, leading up to the yeah, full Batman episode. And just for context, I guess you know, yeah, we were alive when these movies came out. Well, maybe not the first one. When did the first one come out? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Oh, okay. Well, you were. Not no, neither of us were alive, uh, but but I was not conceived. You no. were not conceived, but you know the last time I saw any of those four, you know Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman Robin, it's been at least fifteen years. At least it's been that long since I've seen any of them. So it was cool rewatching them now, um, because I'm not seeing it through a child lens anymore. But I still had, I still have fun. <laughs> I love Batman. Who doesn't? <laughs> I think what I enjoyed the most was Batman Returns. It's the best. No, I was it's gonna say so good. watching you watching it. Oh, <laughs> for me, not to say the Batman's weren't good. I'm just saying I think that was funny because we've always talked about which Batman's we've liked, but mm-hmm. we the only Batman's we've seen together are uh, Bale and Affleck and Pattinson. Not even I've never seen a Bale with you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. The only ones we've seen together are. Batflick. Batflick and, and Pattinson. Pattinson. 
it's Battenson. Battenson. B A T. Oh, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. So, um, so the first back, Batman. Yeah. So back to, you know, Michael Keaton. You know, we didn't watch uh, Adam West yet. Um, I still will. We'll, we'll put it on there. But we'll start off with, you know, let's say the the resurgence, the reboot, right? Um, last time, everyone saw Batman was Adam West, to- totally different. So Tim Burton's Batman comes in, it's dark, edgy, it's different, right? Maybe more reflective of like some of the comics, just different things that have been introduced, you know. And so um, it was very, it was good. I liked it. You know, he's definitely a little unhinged, unhinged Batman. And what I didn't care for was in both, it seemed like Bruce Wayne, you know, people knew him, but at the same time, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Vicky Vale comes he in. He was like a like an average Joe type of guy. An average Joe billionaire. Yeah, millionaire. That's yeah. how, but that's how Michael Keaton chose to portray. Yeah, and how maybe that's how he was written, right? Just someone who kind of blends in and doesn't draw too much attention to himself, which you know, um. You can um, you make the point, you know, like Bruce Wayne. I mean, he's not really a flashy guy, but he is known wherever he goes, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't care for I don't me personally. I don't think Michael Keaton is the best Bruce. And I know we're going to talk about that, probably that later. But and he's not my favorite Batman either, probably. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed Batman Returns a lot. Yeah. That I movie like- was great. It felt very like I was watching like an, you know, like several episodes in like the animated series. Like it felt very, um, like it was dark and. I don't know if they took certain elements from it, but I want to say they premiered the same year. Um, I'm not sure if it was before or after. If they had any, um, you know, if they got input from the show, like you know, had seen it. But um, I do like how Burton's. Batman and Shoemaker's Batman continuity wise mm-hmm. was the same. Yeah. You know, and uh, so Batman, what, um, you know, we have Batman, Batman Returns, and it wasn't a a direct sequel. It was like a standalone film. Like mm-hmm. you could watch it on its own. And I read that that's how um, they got Michael Keaton back on board because Tim Burton was like, we'll make this like a standalone, a standalone sequel, not a direct sequel. So which which was cool because I mean it's the same. I hadn't seen Batman in so long, mm-hmm. and I did like it. But I mean, Batman Returns, that to me, I always have those images in my head: Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Right? Like who can, who who's not going to remember that suit? <laughs> and um, no you know, <laughs> I know this will come up in our episode later to our batman special but even the the city the city in both is like i enjoyed gotham like it was its own character you know and not all the batman movies do that you know they're they're always traveling in it but not all of them always give a uh a fleshed out gotham and i want to you know to me that's almost a character on its own is Gotham itself, 
It's, it's vibrant, not vibrant as in like colorful, but it's rich and vibrant as far as the the grit, the the crime. You know, it's it's not something else. <coughs> and uh, you know, it's just we can save some for the Batman episode. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still just talking about those two. The, um, and I, I guess, you know, you were telling me it got a lot of hate returns because it's too dark or darker. That's what I read somewhere that Batman Returns didn't, you know, I, all Batman movies do well box office wise, but I think um, Burton got a lot of flack for making it too dark. Um, but yeah, that's what I read somewhere, which, you know. I don't, when I think DC and Batman, I mean, I think dark. So that was the uh, perfect amount of dark for me when I saw Batman Returns. So watching it, um, I would have been, I would have been two that year at the end of the year. Um, but you know, I can't really remember when I watched it, but I do remember whenever I watched it. So let's just say five. Right, I probably I probably could have watched it at four or three, um, maybe when I'm first remembering it though five six because I even have, uh, well they're thrown away now, but I've had uh, Batman Returns cover sheets right and pillowcases, um, and I only recently threw them away a few years back, but I was never scared, but you know everyone has their own um, level of spooky or scary they can handle. Um, and I guess I could see like, okay, I'm taking my kid to see a superhero movie. <laughs> and then, the, you know, you see Danny DeVito and the uh, black coming out of his mouth and pushing people out of windows. Yeah. Different things like that. But so, but I guess it's like, you gotta, you gotta know your audience. Right. Um, and it was sexy too. Like it was very sexual. That Batman Returns. A lot of undertones and, mm-hmm. and just out there too. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like I said, I, I, did I realize it was like that? No, no, not until I saw it again later and then later and later. Right. Then you, you pick up on more things, but I think that's, what's good about any movie or TV shows. Like they put things in for the kids and for the parents. Mm-hmm. Cause at, at, a at five years old, are you thinking about women that way? Yeah. I mean, you may start to, but like start getting different ideas or whatever. I mean, our we crushes, right? But it's like, it's not like we're talking the pink Power Ranger here. <laughs> like I know we all had a crush on the pink Power Ranger and that would have been our time, right? Five years old, six years old. So you're seeing Catwoman and you're like, maybe, but it's, you know, it's, it's different, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's for sure. Power Rangers more kid show, kid friendly. Um, but it'll, it's, it's interesting the way, the um, the next two came out, so we'll talk about that one for sure on the next episode. Just those two. We could, maybe we'll just be doing it like two at a time or, or sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just cut it off there. But um, it is cool to see that that course of those four movies and the trajectory that it had, and then maybe the choices they made because of Batman or uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
that wraps it up out for this episode. Thanks for listening in to the House of Ronin. Tune in next week when we discuss House of the Dragon Episode 3 and She-Hulk Episode 3. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our website at rss.com forward slash podcasts forward slash House of Ramen. If there are any topics you'd like to hear about, please email us at houseofxramen at gmail.com.